Hi, I'm Rich Rothman, and here's a great opportunity for all of my listeners who are attorneys, CPAs, physicians, and dentists. You know, now you can borrow up to $625,000, including lines of credit, term and vehicle loans, at exceptional rates and terms. Introducing Total Pro Financial Lending Packages from Total Bank, especially designed for attorneys, CPAs, physicians, and dentists. The best, easiest, and fastest financial assistance you could ever wish to have, whether you have an established practice or you're just starting out. And with Total Bank, it's minimum paperwork and 24-hour pre-approval. Just visit www.totalbank.com for all the details. Or you can call Ibis Leon at 305-476-6273. I'm going to tell you again, that's 305-476-6273. And remember, easy lending with Total Pro from Total Bank. Apply today. Total Bank. Member FDIC. No name is more synonymous with success than Miami Dolphins owner H. Wayne Heisinger, architect of three Fortune 500 companies, including AutoNation and Blockbuster. This renowned entrepreneur has brought his unique business approach to the classroom with the Heisinger School of Business at Nova Southeastern University. With a faculty of real-world leaders and a curriculum based on Heisinger's entrepreneurial ideals, the Heisinger School of Business offers the rare opportunity to learn the ropes from someone who's climbed their way to the very top. Apply now at nova.edu slash business. The Miami Science Museum has something new for everyone. Walk among the largest creatures to have ever inhabited the Earth in the Dinosaurs of China exhibit. Enjoy our spectacular planetarium and laser shows. And interact with the creatures that live in the renovated Wildlife Center. Also, don't miss out on our fabulous First Fridays, our MySci FYI Science Lecture Series, and our MySci Professional Mixers. Visit the museum's website, www.miamisci.org. That's miamisci.org. For more info, MySci. It's not the science museum you remember. You gotta be here for Marlins Super Saturday, June 7th, featuring a post-game concert with Willie Chirino, following a fireworks spectacular presented by Bank of America. Be here as your Marlins battle the Reds at 710. Get a Marlins seatbelt cover presented by Florida Clicket or Ticket, and the Marlins Cowbell, courtesy of Majestic Athletic. Come early and party at the Strike Zone with music, autograph sessions, and more. Marlins Super Saturday, June 7th, with Willie Chirino. You gotta be here. Call 1-877-MARLINS. A new terminal that is larger than some mid-sized U.S. airports. The new Miami International Airport. A new 350-space ground-level short-term parking lot. The new Miami International Airport. The only U.S. airport with sleep pods. The new Miami International Airport. The international gateway to the Americas with more flights to South America than all U.S. airports combined. The new Miami International Airport. And coming soon, 61 new retail and food shops to add to your airport's savoir faire. Come experience the new Miami International Airport and watch us move towards the future. The new Miami International Airport. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. Fresh talk with a South Florida flavor. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. That was so good, Wanda. I really thought that was excellent. Sure. Yes, I did. I've been waiting. That is why you are Wanda. Pure energy. Pure energy. Okay, let's get going. We've got a lot to talk about, and we're going to run out of time, and I don't want to do that. We're with Dr. George Philippidis. We're talking energy now every day, George. I'm going to call you George. Dr. George. 
every day we see, and we just went through it, we just went through these articles, someone advocating a no-drive day, FPNL says rates could spike. This is only in the last seven days, by the way, six days. Will demand for oil outstrip supply? It gets worse. Oil up more than $4. Airline passengers feeling the squeeze because the airlines are really feeling the squeeze, and now they're going to charge for, a, well, I guess they're going to they're gonna have an oxygen charge pretty soon. You know, do you want an oxygen? Did you want to have, did you want to pass out? or Okay, if you want to breathe, we're going to charge you $2 for that. Or, but I don't blame them. I don't, I, what else are these people going to do? They have to do something. Cause, all right, U.S. oil executives get an air fill, which is a real joke. They're not, they're not the cause. I really believe, I, don't, I totally believe this. I watch them. They, they look pathetic sitting there being berated by, let me think what they are, morons who don't get it. All right, prices for gasoline rocket even higher. And then the thing that really intrigued me the most, that really got my goat, and, and you know what, and this is why I know I feel good it can happen, Honda, the CEO of Honda, uh, has said, and this is his mantra, we are going to come out with a series of hybrid vehicles starting in 09 that will be cheaper, efficient, and for the masses, because it makes sense. And, and GM, don't forget GM. GM is, well, G, no, no, GM is coming out at 2010, which means two years from now, yeah. with something that is a, something between what Honda is doing, but also with flex fuel engine. What does that mean? Explain that. Means, that. that means it, it, will run, it will run on electricity for the short distances, maybe 40 miles a day. Go ahead, keep talking. And then when you need to go longer distances, yeah. the, engine, the, uh, the fuel kicks in. And that fuel doesn't have to be gasoline. It could be gasoline and ethanol. It could be diesel and biodiesel if you have It can that. be any of that. It can be any of that. So the combination now... What, what type of an engine is that? Well, it's, it's an electric engine, yeah. but the fuel, it doesn't have two motors, it has just one. Where the fuel, the fuel or the gasoline or the diesel or the biodiesel... And oh, it I get it. Wait, the a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so uh, right now with the hybrids, I, I know I sound kind of tinny in this for some reason, I don't know why. Um, the hybrids are uh, working with two engines, an electric motor, and when that doesn't work, they, it goes to a, 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 an internal combustion motor. Exactly. Okay, exactly. Like a four-cylinder, six-cylinder yes. thing. Okay, yes. fine. But this one, this one is going to uh, be one engine. One motor. One motor. Exactly. And the motor will work off the battery as well? It will go off the battery. Now, oh. these are batteries that can, uh, it's a lithium, lithium-ion batteries that will take you around 40 miles a day. Uh -huh. By the way, more than 75% of the population drives less than 40 miles a day a week on a work, work week. So that's all you need. Maybe your second car can be that, okay? And uh -huh. for the long distances, uh -huh. you start using flex fuel vehicles. My point here is it's not the supply. It's our demand here. We need to change our way of doing things, okay? So let me, let me just let's back up one, one second. And, and here, here's my point. It seems to me that people have this malaise attitude, maybe, that, and I'm talking about kind of, well, we can't do this, we can't do that, we can't drill in the north, we can't drill, you know, this huge find in the Midwest, oh, we can't do that because we're going to hurt the, eco the ecology, uh, uh, we, we, we can't be, uh, we can't do shale because that's going to hurt the folks in, you know, in the southwest. Uh, we, we really have to, it's almost impossible for us to do certain things. I think we'll overcome that eventually by necessity. But what I'm saying, and, and this is the this is the hope I get. I mean, it sounds like an Obama thing. This is the hope I get from you, that 
we really we have the capacity, and I do believe this, to do and create. That's that's what American. That's what, that's what the technology is. That's what we're all about. We were always a can-do country, and 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 that's where we excel. So we have the capacity to do something. And that's what puzzles me in energy. We are a can-do country. But for 30 years now, 35 years since the last, the, the first embargo, we haven't done anything. We are just sitting on you know what, and we're not doing much. We depend more and more and more on others. Well, let me ask you this. Are there people out there? Do you feel that there are people in power? Because it's very good for you know, a, a very smart man such as yourself and others to talk about it. It's good for me to have a show and talk about it, and others all over the United States talking good, better, and different. But are there people out there that really get it and can make something happen for the masses? Um, I don't know. The masses need to make those folks up there realize that once and for all we need to deal with that. Okay? I think it's the pressure coming from the bottom up. Because what they do at the top is all they care is about the two years or the four years right. and the re-election. Right. That's all they care about. Nobody cares about the long-term strategy and saying, geez, I mean, what are we doing here? We are we are mortgaging ourselves. We, you know, four dollars a gallon. We're selling I, I off our 60, future. We're selling off our future. That's what we're That's what it seems to me. Sixty-five bucks the other day to fill up the car. I uh, know. I, I, I told you. I'm, I'm the same way. I ha I spent over sixty. I took a picture with my with my my cell phone because I've never spent so much gas money on gasoline in my life. The guy next to me, I said this on the show the other day, spent a uh, hundred and fifty dollars. I still sound hollow, by the way, on this. A hundred and fifty dollars. And, uh, and and he does it like every other day. So you're right. I think what's going to happen, people are going to wake up and say, enough is enough. You know, number one, we do have energy resources. So let's look at this intelligently. We need a short-term policy. We need a long-term policy. Short-term, again, what are we? What should we do with this thing? Short-term, I think what what we can do is, as I mentioned in the in the. Uh, the other time I was here, we got to look at our friends and allies here. We are trying to develop more fuel internally. Okay, we are we are we need to open up and look for more environmentally friendly exploration of our own resources. We got to bring more ethanol and biodiesel into the picture. Don't you think we're able to drill an Anwar and be? First of all, I can't remember when we last had a blow up. In, in, in the northern slopes. I don't think we've ever had a, a, a scenario where we destroyed the environment, except for Exxon Valdez, which was a human error. It was a stupid right. human error. Right. I mean, tell me if I'm, am I wrong? No, I, I think that uh, these days we can do a lot of things in a, in a much better way. So doesn't it make sense? I think it doesn't it make sense that at some point we have to sit down at the table and say, look, we've got to look at the big picture here. We can watch the ecology. Of course we're going to do that. Nobody wants to destroy and kill and would make the snow black for, with grease. And We don't want to do that, and we don't have to do that. But we do have to get the energy, because this country has to survive. We can crack shale, and we can do that. We can clean coal. We can do nuclear. And biofuels. And, and we can do Our own the bio right biofuels. Yes, yes. You know, do you ever think we're going to switch off of corn or is it too far down the road? No, no, corn, corn in the long term doesn't make much sense. Okay. We, we are going to max out at a certain amount, and that's about it. So what do we do beyond that? That's a drop in the ocean. Right. So that's when we need to look serious commitment to new technologies, the so-called cellulosic ethanol. We have a lot of ag agricultural waste here in Florida. Right. We got the gas, we got citrus peel, we got all kinds of things. That so can be fermented into a product. That, exactly. That can be converted into ethanol. 
And the other thing is, why don't we reduce our imports from the Middle East by looking at the region here? Uh -huh. Okay, Brazil has discovered new oil and gas. They make lots of ethanol. Why don't we start talking with them, okay, and diversify our dependence on, on a single region of the world? Well, are there groups, I mean, are there governmental groups, George, out there talking about this? Are they, uh, is, this, is this on the table somewhere it is. that we don't even know about it, but they're really saying, you know what, we can buy from our friends, because Brazil, does, last I saw, Brazil hasn't flown planes into our buildings. All right, and we can get off of the Mideast oil and stop giving money to the bad guys. It is. It is on the table. Uh, the governor, uh, he got uh, lots of people with him. Uh, I was one uh, one of the delegates. We went in November. You talking about Charlie Crist? Charlie Crist, yes. Okay. We went down to Brazil. We sat down. We spoke with him. Is this recent? This is November of 07. It oh, was about okay, six very months good. ago. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's absolutely. Close. But there is only so much we can do at the state level. The problem with 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 the situation is the trade barriers. Your previous uh, host, uh, I mean, a guest, spoke about uh, about agricultural subsidies. Right, right. I mean, there are all kinds of trade barriers. We are taxing Brazilian ethanol 54 cents a gallon. So basically, we are telling them, you know, no, Don't not come. here, not here. We will continue to be dependent on the Middle East. So what is the logic there? I don't get it. So at some point, though, you're right about that. At some point. At some point, that's going to have to change. And, and you know what? It's going to be manifest destiny that it's changed. Because we can't go on. The, the status quo is the worst situation that we can be in. Because it's a dead end. It's going to literally implode upon it's us one day. It's going to get worse, yeah. Because we have no control. Because it would be good. You're absolutely right. What you're saying is that let's subsidize the shortfall. Because it's very hard to replace 21 million barrels a day overnight. Okay. So let's, number one, let's bring in energy from friendly countries. Exactly. And it's good for our hemisphere. Bias time. Uh, bias time. Number two, let's get out there with intelligence and concern and get our own energy so we stop shipping the money overseas, even into Latin America. That's going to take a few years because we've been, we've just been doing nothing for 30 years. So that's going to change. But number three, and here's the important thing I find interesting, what about the future tech? What's the, there's got to be a 10-year plan, sort of like NASA. Ten-year plan to go to the moon. Ten-year plan to develop new technology. And, and when I sit and I listen to all these, these ideas that people have, well, let's have wind. I don't see wind as being a major replacement for anything. I think it's a short, little replacement, very localized. All right, next, what would be after wind? Well, maybe solar. it's solar. What are we going to do with solar? How is that going to run industry? I don't think it's going to run industry. It's going to be another little thing that adds up with everything else Very and reduces our dependence. So you, you got a nickel that's, and diamond. I guess what we're saying is that part of our part of our plan is a nickel and diming plan that every barrel that we save on a grand scale is money that doesn't go overseas that reduces our our uh, in, our dependence Depends. on other people. And the third thing you you were talking about three things. Yes. The third thing is really to look at reducing our demand, our consumption. Right. With better technology at home. And that goes back to what you were talking about, the right. Hondas and the GMs and the new generation vehicles that are coming out, the hybrids. So, so what, what, you know what it really comes down to? It, who wants to buy, I mean, who wants to buy a new car? I don't know if I should be, I shouldn't say this, a car right now. Because it would appear that all these new products, I would think in the next three years, I, don't you think they're going to be retooling pretty soon? At, at GM and Ford, if they're going to want to be in business 15 years from now, they cannot go the way they are. Now, you're telling me that GM is already going down that road. 
they are hedging their bets. They are going with something that has electric, electricity, yeah. and also biofuels. Now, I also saw a report, a number of reports, that they've also developed a hydrogen fuel cell car at General Motors. Now, to me, that seems the real future. Because that gives us an inexhaustible supply of, of and, fuel. And not, not, just, not just GM. Several of the manufacturers I know, BMW, Mercedes, are looking. They're going to have that someday. Oh, yes, yes. But it's 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 in the very long run. There are there are a lot more issues to deal with when we're talking about hydrogen. For all the great uh, you know properties it has, we have we have, no we have we have issues with production, storage, distribution. It's not easy. Well, okay. none of it exists. It doesn't exist, so we need time. Again, it goes back to buying time for ourselves. Ten-year time. Yes, but we need a Manhattan project here that the goal is going to be energy, less energy dependence, more energy self-sufficiency. Okay? That's oh, it. All right. So, now, all right, Juan, just give me the look. Just give me the evil eye. All right, I'm going to get there in a minute. i got to finish this. This is important to me. So, all right, now, so where do... Who's the leader in this? Who who can we look to? Who's really the strong person or strong group that follows through on this? You're talking about uh, from a from a, a private sector or uh, well, I because is there, first of all, in the private sector, who, who's who's the cool guy? Who's who's out there doing the good stuff? Well, right now the automotive industry is has made a decision. They are moving in that direction. You know, the cars they are going to be making. So that's happening. That's happening. Is Ford doing it? I don't see anything Ford with Ford. Ford is doing it. Everybody's they doing are. it. We, we happen to hear more about one or the other company every now and then. I hope Ford's doing it because they haven't been doing really well lately. I think lately. All, of, all of the U.S. manufacturers are going in the same direction because everybody realizes that there is no coming back. Do you think the, the, uh, the power suppliers, i.e., uh, FP&L for local folks. Mm -hmm. All right, are they going to shift? Are they going to? Can they go to? What? What can they go to? Well, as you know, FP&L, as you may know, is the largest uh, wind energy uh, farm operator in the country. I mean, many people don't realize that. Everybody. No, they don't. Nuclear and. Right. So, uh, and they are investing now in solar too. But we got to keep in mind those things are local, okay? Not every place has, you know, the wind profile or the solar profile. But what are they use. burning? Are they are they burning oil we right now? We have the nuclear. They have natural gas. We're, we're using, okay. you know, uh, coal. It's a combination of of fossils and nuclear. That's what we're doing. Okay. And and in the future, what can they go to? Well, you you mentioned the clean coal yeah. technology. Right. That's very important. Okay. We got to put the nuclear also. On the table, we uh, we cannot afford to expand. France, anything. France has 70% of their power comes from nuclear power. And you would think 30 years after the last, uh, you know, the last plant was built, the technology to protect ourselves, to protect the environment, is better. It's a lot better. Yeah. Of course, it's a lot better. So there is no, again, goes back to what we discussed last time. There is no silver bullet. Everything, little or or big, is going to contribute to that. What we need to do is we need to have a rational plan here, and say, keep our eyes on what the goal is. And for me, the goal is more energy sufficiency. Let me ask you, and you, you travel a lot and you speak a lot about this. Especially Latin America. Are you finding more and more people getting onto this bandwagon? They're, they're getting it now big time? Oh, yes. I think so. I think so because we see the movement from the bottom up. That's what's happening. Yeah. When it hits you in the pocket, That's everybody did it. realizes. That's when you see all this stuff yeah, and people saying, course. I'm not driving one day. So what we really need then is mass transit more intelligent cars, better energy use at home, more intelligent use of the energy that we have, a supplemental plan that buys us time, a ta uh, an, uh, an opportunity to get out there and get the resources that we own right here in the United States. And new technologies. Now, last question, i got to get out of here. Last question. 
why can't we put together a group that we did for NASA in the mid-50s with the smartest people? That was a combination of, of, uh, of academics, mm -hmm. the smartest academic engineers in the world. At the same time, some of the smartest private ind industry folks in the world came together as NASA. We put a man on the moon in 15 years from the start of NASA. We were, we were in space doing all sorts of wonderful, wonderful things. And we always had this can-do thing. We can do. Don't you think we couldn't, we couldn't we do that with energy? We need people with vision. And what happened with, with that project, getting to the moon, is because the Russians <laughs> threatened well, you wait know, a minute. But we're threatened. So, we're threatened exactly, by people who hate us. Exactly. That's, that's worse than the Russians. We are paying the people who are threatening us. That's yeah, why I just find that goes. to be amazing. That's, that's, that's my I problem. find that. God, I like having you. I wish we could go on forever with this role. You know what we're going to do? We're going to do a series of shows between now and we're going to start in the fall. Uh, through the rest of the year, and we're going to work with major corporations, and we're going to travel around, and we're going to we're going to go public with this. And I just we'll, we'll talk about this at, at a later date. You and Ed and a whole bunch of other colleges, and we're going to work with the Exxon Mobil people, and we're going to work with the airline people, the delivery people, the Chevron guys, health people. Oh, we have terrific. This is going to be a good deal. Listen, I gonna I'm I got to move on because I have this. <laughs> I have Stephanie here. I got to get her in here, or I'm going to be in big trouble. But I, listen, this is Dr. George Philippides is here. His two beautiful children are here right now. You want to? Oh, I don't know if this is working. Come and say hello on my microphone. Real quick, 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 quick. Hello. All right, here we have it. That was a quick one. That was Isabella and Alexandra. All right, Isabella. Listen, we got to go right now. George, thanks for coming on the show. It's Appreciate it very, here. very much. And Kids, I, thanks an awful lot for coming. Oh, you want to say hello? All right, quick, quick, quick. Say hello quick. Hi. There you have it. <laughs> Equal opportunity for the children of the world. All right, thanks an awful lot, George. Okay, thank you. Thanks a lot. Come on, Yay. Stephanie. Hello. How are you, Stephanie? Come on in. This is 1360 WKAT. Yes, thank Rich you so Rothman much. It's the Rich Rothman Show. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. And we have Stephanie here, and this is a tremendous opportunity for us. Thanks for coming. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Well, first of all, we have Stephanie Klein, and Stephanie Klein is, has done wonderful things. Let's talk a little bit about, number one, you have written uh, two books. Two books, exact two memoirs. And the first one was? Straight Up and Dirty Like the Martini. This, are you in New York? You're a New Yorker. I'm a New Yorker, yeah. Where, where in New York are you from? Manhattan. Well, so, I grew up on Long Island, but yeah. now uh, I lived in Manhattan for 13 years, and now I live in Austin, Texas. Wow. Big well, good music. Good music in Austin, Texas. Absolutely. Live music Austin capital City of Limits. the world. I know that. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Exactly. Did Stevie I get that Ray right? Vaughan in the park. Exactly. Yeah, I know statue, that. Dedication. Love Stevie Ray Vaughan music. Exactly. So let me, let's talk about you for a second. Uh, your background. First of all, how did you get into writing? I went to school for writing, so I knew I wanted to be a writer. Where did you go to school? Columbia University. Oh, well, all right, doesn't get better than that. <laughs> Thank you. It doesn't get any better than that. So, and and but what what made you cross over? Now we talked about your past, and your book talks about this. Well, the new book, yes, Moose, Moose, which is terrific, by the way. A memoir of Fat Camp, which is very different from my first book, which and was you put a that out there. Absolutely. A lot of people are afraid to admit that they went to fat camp ever in their lives. They're kind of closet about it. And and it, was it good for you to go public with this thing? Absolutely. I, I think it's great. Why? Why did you do this? And what made you? And, and what's the goodness that, aside from the fact that you're doing really well and you're a bestseller? But aside from that, what made you do this? And what do you, what did you want to get out of it for yourself? 
Uh, I think, well, first of all, I was pregnant with twins, and my doctor came to me and said, you need to gain 50 pounds, and I almost fainted onto the floor. That's in your book? Absolutely. Because here you went through this whole process of trying to get thinner. Spending my whole life, you know, trying to get thin just to meet a man who loved me even if I got fat, and then uh, I got pregnant and was in good shape and told that I had to gain 50 pounds because of twins, and it brought back an adolescence of being the awkward girl named Moose uh, wearing elastic waistband clothes all the time. Where do they call you? I'm just curious. Where do they call you? Because there's a chapter on that. In school, the boys would boom it out. Uh, They tripped me on a school bus and, hey, Moose, you know, and they'd they'd boom it down the hallways, and I went home and, of course, cried to my parents, and and, um, instead of consoling me like proper parents, um, my father actually... cracked up laughing hysterically he goes what a great name moose <laughs> so parents, thanks dad exactly very sensitive what's for dinner <laughs> <laughs> um but really the book's not just about the weight loss and the crazy things they did at camp they weighed us on meat scales they some of the kids depending were, upon the weight i, I read right. that part some of the kids you had were different types of scales exactly some of the kids were too heavy for the meat scales so they got weighed on a truck stop. At a truck stop, they had to bust them out and weigh them on a truck stop. At least I can get a hamburger. But, but let's, I'm going to go back for You weren't <clears throat> sure. always heavy. <clears throat> um, not always, but I, at eight years old, I was sent to a fat doctor. A fat doctor. That's what I called them. Uh, you was know, a nutritionist. A, was he a fat doctor? Or no. Or fat? Yeah, exactly. Is that, is that a dangling was, modifier or what? She was a very sweet, thin mm. uh, woman, and she held counseling sessions for uh, overweight teens in her basement. And I was uh, eight years old when I was first sent to her, and then I eventually went to fat camp when I was 13, and I went for five summers, and I was a camper and eventually a counselor. And and, and the reason you were overweight, you, the fat kind of such well, a, yeah. a very strong word, by the sure. way. Sure. It, it, it sounds exactly the way it should be. Yeah. Because I had, I, had, I had a child that went through a period of that. And, and, and you know what? It was our fault. It was my fault. As why, a parent. why do you say and that? No, it was. I, I accept that, and I really feel bad about it because it was convenient when I was taking my son. Uh, he's going to kill me. He's in Chicago getting his master's. Um, it was convenient on the way to school that we could stop off and get a fast food breakfast. Oh, absolutely. I, it was convenient. I know. Yeah. And and or I. Or the kids acting up. And I have this big guilt right here, right here, and and my poor child who was beautiful when he was born and very young, all right, got bigger, and it's mm-hmm. like. You don't see it, and then all of a sudden you see it. Sure. And it was because he ate these high carbs and high fat, and st- oh, it was just a horrible breakfast. I, I yeah. won't even name the company, but it was just really bad stuff. And and he became overweight, and it broke my heart, you know, and it broke his heart because he went through the same period of of, of angst that you went through in school. And I think it was that that motivated my son. It wasn't the prodding from me and finally mm-hmm. saying, oh, my God, I, we can't do this because we stopped going to fast of. food. I, I can't even remember going to a fast food restaurant. I mean, I just, that stopped mm-hmm. years and years and years and years and years ago, 15 years ago at this point. But something happened with him. I think it was peer pressure that he had the switch go off. And you know what? I don't know how he lost the weight. I don't know whether, I, I really don't know. I don't know how he lost the weight. I think it's different for everyone. Yeah, I mean, good for him. Um, it's different for everyone. I know that you know when I was young, yeah, that it motivated me. I didn't want to be moose anymore, you know. So I did it for external reasons, not for internal ones. You know, it was oh, my, you know, my father, my whole life said no one likes the fat girl, and if you want people to like you, you'll change. Well, that 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 was you know it, it breaks your heart too 
Because mm-hmm. that's what Michael went through. That's what my son went through. Yeah. And, and, but you and, know what? I think it's true for any kid, even if they're not fat. I mean, I think it's a universal feeling in adolescence. You want to fit in. You want to be the cool kid. Maybe you have a big mole. Maybe you have a big nose. Whatever it is, people make fun of you growing up. That was me. That was mine. <laughs> I had the, I had a very you know look. I had the Jewish nose from New. I'm a New Yorker. Right. I grew okay. up on the East Side. Okay. And and you know what my nose did for me? I, mean, I never got it fixed. My wife had a nose job. I don't have a nose job. Well, good but for you. You shouldn't. I didn't, but I developed a sense of humor. Exactly. It you, became you, exactly. my my, my you, rationale for humor exactly. in life. Exactly. And you know what I would say about fat former fat kids is that it's it tattoos a bit of sensitivity on you. You know, to to have lived through that, you learn empathy and you learn not to make fun of other people. So if people ask me again, would you go through it again? You know, I would. And you know, I talk about it also a lot. And reader, readers write in a lot on my website, which is stephaniekline.com. Well, great. Hang on to that thought. Yep. We have a break coming up right now. We're gonna we're gonna disappear. We're gonna come back. I don't want anyone going anywhere. Stay there. 305-447-3201. If you want to talk to Stephanie, this is Roth and Dunko. In today's volatile investing environment, you need a valued and trusted partner who can build and sustain your financial security. You have that partner in the investment firm of Investor Solutions. Named on Bloomberg's list of top wealth managers and by Barron's as one of the top 100 best independent financial advisors in the country, Investor Solutions specializes in wealth management along with the full range of retirement planning and fiduciary services for high net worth individuals and their families, charitable foundations and organizations, business firms, trust endowments, and other institutional entities. Call at 800-508-8500 now for a no-obligation, honest, professional assessment of your current portfolio. That's 1-800-508-8500 or go to InvestorSolutions.com for more information. Pizza Fusion, America's greenest restaurant, is now open in Weston, saving the earth one pizza at a time. Pizza Fusion serves a gourmet and organic menu of pizza, focaccia sandwiches, wraps, desserts, beer, and wine. All Pizza Fusion items are served in their purest form, untainted by the artificial additives such as sweeteners, pesticides, preservatives, and hormones. Enjoy our fresh salads, breads, dips, wraps, and pizzas. All mates order upon your request with specialty toppings like goat cheese, Key West shrimp, wild lobster, spinach, eggplant, feta cheese, and more. It's all organic, natural, and delicious at Pizza Fusion. Come in today to Pizza Fusion at 2378 Weston Road in Weston and build your own pizza. Call 954-641-5353 for more information. Pizza Fusion in Weston. Saving the earth one pizza at a time. The Miami Science Museum has something new for everyone. Walk among the largest creatures to have ever inhabited the Earth in the Dinosaurs of China exhibit. Enjoy our spectacular planetarium and laser shows and interact with the creatures that live in the renovated Wildlife Center. Also, don't miss out on our fabulous First Fridays, our MySci FYI Science Lecture Series, and our MySci Professional Mixers. Visit the museum's website, www.miamisci.org. That's miamisci.org. For more info, MySci. It's not the science museum you remember. 
No name is more synonymous with success than Miami Dolphins owner H. Wayne Heisinger, architect of three Fortune 500 companies, including AutoNation and Blockbuster. This renowned entrepreneur has brought his unique business approach to the classroom with the Heisinger School of Business at Nova Southeastern University. With a faculty of real-world leaders and a curriculum based on Heisinger's entrepreneurial ideals, the Heisinger School of Business offers the rare opportunity to learn the ropes from someone who's climbed their way to the very top. Apply now at nova.edu slash business. Do you own a business outsourcing your accounting? Then call the accounting and tax experts at TNJ Tax Service. For over 30 years, TNJ Tax Service has been preparing taxes for South Florida companies and individuals. As enrolled agents with the Internal Revenue Service, the pros at TNJ Tax Service can represent you or your company professionally to the IRS. Have challenges with your company's bookkeeping? Then call TNJ Tax Services. QuickBooks certified. TNJ Tax Services can provide training on QuickBooks for any small business. If you need monthly or quarterly bookkeeping services to handle all of your payroll and business needs, then you need to call. TNJ Tax Service, located at Taft and Flamingo in the Pillbox Plaza. Call 954-432-1700. 954-432-1700. TNJ Tax Services. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL, customer service is back in shipping. You want more fresh talk with a South Florida flavor? Mind-bottling, isn't it? This is the Rich Rothman Show. Did you just say mind-bottling? Yeah, mind-bottling. You know, when things are so crazy, it gets your thoughts all trapped like in a bottle. On 1360 WKAT. You know where I'm spending my next romantic evening out? Sex in the city. This is, hey, you're going to, we're with Stephanie Klein right now on the Rich Rothman Show. All right with that music. Thank you. We're with Stephanie Klein right now. Hello. Best-selling author of a new book. This just got released. Yes. Just like this week. Three days ago. The twenty yes. seventh. Exactly. exactly. Yes. Moose, a memoir of Fat Camp. It has a terrific. Is that you on the cover? No, that's not. But I did design the cover. I'm on the back cover. Oh, yep, there she is, right? But then you're also in the inside flap. Yes, looking svelte. Svelte. I will tell you, <laughs> you have to get this book because this book, A, it's funny. B, it's really heart-wrenching at times because yeah. you, you, you really go through these cycles of emotionality as, yeah. you, as yeah. you travel through this, this uh, bad experience to mm -hmm. a good experience, mm -hmm. and you really show you overcame the bad experience all on your own. I mean, right. yeah. no one did this for you. You did it for yourself. Exactly. And that's the, that's the greatest of all greatest. And it's also about, you know, just overcoming your adolescence in general. It's not just about weight loss. Absolutely, you know, absolutely not. It's about that those awkward times in well, your life. It's where a gangling time of life. Exactly. You don't know who you are. You know, right? you got all right. these parts of your body. You're not quite sure about using it. Yeah. It's a whole different ballgame. You're in you're in Miami, and specifically we're in Coral Gables. Just for those who want to know, we're on Aragon Avenue. Why? Because I'm doing a fantastic reading tonight with um, free chocolate. <laughs> Did I have you there? At Coral Gables, the Books and Books chocolate, at Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. You had me at chocolate. Uh, yeah, you had me at hello with chocolate, right. Exactly. At Books and Books, books at and 8 books. p.m. 8 p.m. And for those of you who are confused, it's on Aragon Avenue, which is one block north of uh, Miracle Mile. Right? It's north. Yes. yes. Can't miss it. And there's a, there's a big garage right across the street, so mm -hmm. everybody can come and park their car. It's not a big deal. And there are a lot of restaurants to go to after. You're going to have a great time. you got to come and see Stephanie. And, and eat free chocolate. Really good chocolate. And it's like butter. Walk the mile after that. Like butter. It is. Like, it's like butter. <laughs> anyway, I want to get back to Stephanie. I want to talk okay. about this. First, let's talk about... I want to go back to straight up. And You know, I have this hollow sound technician person. I don't know why I have it. Can, it, it it's gone now. Yeah. Oh, it's so much better. 
Maybe Thank you should you. just hold the microphone like you love it. I'm going to covet this microphone. That's good. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Thank you. Sounds lovely. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, behave. Straight up and ugly. No. Uh, straight up and dirty. No, not up and ugly. It's dirty. Straight up and dirty. Straight up and dirty. I knew that. That was a test. That's, that, that, that's an older book. Exactly. That was my first memoir. And what was that about? That was about moving on after 30. After mar uh, I was married and then divorced young. And how, how young? Under 30. Under 30. Married and divorced 30. by the time you're 30. Exactly. And but no children. No children. No children. No children. Married, divorced. This is and this is your New York experience. Exactly. It's about moving on after you know after you're 30. And wow, I've already had a mother-in-law or nightmare-in-law, and a husband. How am I going to you know now find a new one, or do I even want a new one? Can I, what were you doing when that when that was happening? Were you were you were writing or photography? I was working in advertising full time. Uh, uh, big agency. Rubicam, absolutely. Y and R. Y&R, big yeah. agency, yeah. vice president there, wow. had this great job. Uh, and then when this happened, you know, a lot of people before they turn 30 think, I have to accomplish all of these things. And they, they literally make lists, a lot of women, they make lists for themselves about all the things they want to do when they're older. And I had all these things on the list. I had the good school and the good husband Columbia. and the good career. Exactly. Yeah, Columbia Isaac grad Arnold. folks exactly. want you to know that. Exactly. And, and then... All of a sudden, it kind of felt like it was ripped away when I found out that my husband was, well, going to become the husband, as I call him. Right. And, uh, you know, and in the book, I get into very much detail about how that happened. And, and then NBC uh, loved it so much that they bought the option for it and then hired me to write the pilot. So it's in development. So maybe in a year from now, you'll see something? Yeah, I don't know exactly. You know, it's it's all... That's terrific. Up in the air. No, it's a lot of fun. That's just wonderful. No, it is. It absolutely is. So, and and that was and a bestseller. This, yeah. Yeah. And now, now Moose is the prequel book to that. So it's you're about a coming of age story. Of, exactly. So I was much younger, and it goes into self-esteem and how we really uh, learn what our identity is and who we want to be, and that, and then eventually come to learn as adults. That we don't, we aren't necessarily our childhood, and we get to choose if we want to be our mother or not. <laughs> well, yeah, you, yeah. Uh, now let me, look, do you think coming from a Jewish are, family? Are you Jewish? Are you, I'm, I'm half Jewish. Half Jewish. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I was raised Jewish, had a bat mitzvah, can read from really? the Torah. Yeah, the whole. Thing. Okay. All right. Now I come from a Jewish family. Very protective mother fed me. Mm -hmm. Fed me. Mm -hmm. Very often made me sit in the kitchen. I couldn't sit at the dining table because I was insane. I was wild. You know, very crazy kid, sort of like a Jerry Lewis, but younger. And um, but she fed me, and I ate. A, I mean, how I grew up being thin is beyond me. Because Jewish cooking, well, and genetics. You have to eat. I want you to eat, and, and I would eat. And don't eat too fast. Eat slow. Make it a an experience. Savor, savor each bite. I was say the word. Savor that flavor mm -hmm. of God knows what she put in. As I said, it probably killed my father because he died at a young age. It was probably all the cooking that she, she gave him. But um, eat everything on your plate. You know, we, the, all these oxymoronic things, if you think mm -hmm. about it, mm -hmm. that were not really good for you in the long run. Why do you want to eat everything? I, when I was growing up, after I realized I, I really did a bad thing for my son, you don't want to eat everything. I want you to leave some food over. I don't mm -hmm. want you to eat everything on the plate. Exactly. All right? I, I don't want you to do that. I'm learning that now with twins. I oh. If they don't want to eat something, I never force them. So, all right, so let's go back to your experience as a kid, and then we're going to talk about okay. raising children, okay. which I all think right. is very interesting. Um, you went through the experience. What, fat camp. Fat camp. Who called it fat camp? We did, the campers. The campers. It takes the sting out of the embarrassing um, moments of, I mean, I'll just give you one example. Give us an example. Um, 
they had us wear these bright orange shirts were our camp shirts with the camp logo on them when we'd play intercamp against quote unquote normal camp. Was this camp in upstate New York? Or we had it? one. I went to actually three different fat camps over five summers. But yeah, in the New York tri-state area, New York, Mass, um, Lenox, Massachusetts, and um, Lackawaxen, or we called it Lack of Action, Pennsylvania, and. Uh, we're there and we're playing against these intercamp games and we're paraded off the bus in these orange shirts and our camp logo can only be described as a dancing vegetable couple. You have a carrot stick and a celery stick like spinning around, one with his arms like victoriously up. And I'm like, these this is our camp logo. And it's embarrassing, you know, just humiliating to just oh yeah, sure, send in the fat kids with the vegetable shirts to Did play. Did you wanna go there? I, eventually, yeah, I did. No, at first. When you well, were, who told you you're going to go to camp? My parents suggested it, and at first I was insulted because I I knew I was fat, but I didn't want anyone else to tell me I was fat, and I didn't want them bringing it up. I had to acknowledge that I was. I didn't like that feeling, but I also didn't like being teased at school, and so eventually I warmed up to the idea and said, okay, I want to go. Now, did your doc, the fat doctor work on this with you, too, or did you get rid of the fat doctor? Was he part no, of this? No, the fat syndrome? doctor was a, a part of my life th through many years. Okay, you know. so he, she's in and out of your life. Exactly. Okay. Not so anymore, he, but yeah. <laughs> but did the kids, kid. when you were, and we talked about it, you had, you, there, was a, there was a part of your book that your counselors, you would smell your breath. They'd smell my breath to see if we cheated so at night. was this pretty heavily regimented, this Absolutely. Camp? Really? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I can't say it enough. Daily trips to the truck scales? Well, that we, we'd be weighed weekly. We had to do slimnastics. Um, but, you know, there were actually really endearing parts of camp because, as a fat kid, as a fat girl, none of the boys paid attention to me at home. And was that important? Was that a motivator for you? Absolutely. Because you talk about you had a so crush on a boy. I. Oh yeah, I was boy crazy. What was his name? Which one? Barry. <laughs> well, the, the, there was no, no. There was one. The first at one. At camp or at no? Home? At, at, Barry. at home. Barry. Barry. Whatever. Whatever happened to Barry? <laughs> we still speak. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait a minute. I got no, pictures. No, no, no. Where are those pictures? He's go? emailed me. He's emailed me, but no, we don't. Are you, are you in touch with any of the kids? You know what? Absolutely, I am. What are the have you the kids that gave you a hard time? Are you still, are you friends with them? Any of them now? No. Gone. No. History. I know my son's the same way. No. Won't you, talk to them. You don't want any part of that. Once you get back that. and and they're nice to you, you know it's not real. It's phony. Hates them. Exactly. I, I don't want I, any part of that. You know, I can relate that. to that. That's good. This is this is good for me. I, I'm gonna have to write you a check for 120 dollars when I get done with this. You take United Healthcare, don't you? I do. Because that's that's my copay for this. I just want you to be aware of that. Okay, good. So, all right, now now you're in camp, mm -hmm. all right, and and, the and everyone's sex. there who's fat. Exactly. How did that affect you? Well, the opposite sex is all of a sudden paying attention to you, and I felt beautiful. Fat people, opposite sex. Right. It's so like, you like that. Uh, oh, because I'm fat, Gratification. and I'm there, and all of a sudden, the boys like me, and it's called fat flocked, when they all flock around you when you first get to <laughs> it's camp. It's a fat flock. There was a heavy flat flock hogging here, and we're going to be very worried about this. Don't walk here. Yeah. I, I don't want to make fun of it, but... No, but we made fun of it fat flock. in and of ourselves The literature is fat. And then, um, you know, there are lots of romances, I think more so than any normal sleepaway camps. Because these kids, including myself, all these raging hormones, it's your first time ever getting to act out on them. I can my, relate my. to that. I have a 17-year-old. Sounds scares, like another book. <laughs> scares the heck out of me. I just want you to know that. I can't, I can't yeah. understand well, that. Well, it's true. The raging hormones. But, all right, so when you're there and you had a goal, who set the goals for you? 
usually the the camp, you know, based on those archaic charts of, well, this is how tall you are, medium boned, you know, and so based on your height, your, you know, your weight, um, your weight was determined by your height, your age, that kind of thing. Okay. And you and, had weekly measurements. Right. Um, did you win? Did you did you get what you wanted to do? Oh yeah, I lost thirty pounds that first summer. Oh my God, that's, but, you that's know, a lot of weight. The back of the book has my before picture. Wait a minute, how do you lose thirty pounds? I mean, well, you... they they put you through slimnastics and so you're working out every day. So you're increasing your uh, oh, your energy expenditure. Yeah. you're working out constantly. Every... Just to get to the dining hall is an uphill climb. I mean, they, did that on purpose? Oh yeah, they absolutely did orchestrated all of this. You know, you're negotiating hills up and down to every single meal. So yeah. You do it all. Wow. Okay. So, so, and your food is very, very controlled. Mm-hmm. All right. No, no snacking. No seconds and no choices. And no I think choices. that's unfortunate. But yeah, because you're in this what controlled did you environment. Give us an idea. What did you, did you discuss that in here? Is oh, there, absolutely. What, what did you eat? In Tell fact, us what you ate. We'd get really creative, right? So on the we'd have brunch and we got to um, to pick from certain foods. Is that Sunday? On Sunday, exactly. Okay. We had brunch and we got to sleep in late on Sundays, but. Uh, let's say a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, for example. Mm. I would check that off saying I wanted the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but I wouldn't consume it that way. I would take the peanut butter and mash it maybe with graham crackers, and I would take the jelly and maybe spread it over some strawberries, and you'd become a little chef. <laughs> you'd, you'd have to get creative because you got so tired of eating the same foods all the time. And, and how did you get away with that? Well, they let us. As long as... The but where, where did it come from? Was, where did the graham crackers come from? Oh, that was part of like one of the choices. So they'd give you graham like one graham cracker as a snack, and they tell you the calories of every single food. So you'd get that. Um, you could have an egg white omelet and um, melon, water packed tuna. And all of this is log, toast. right? Well, they gave that to us on a Saturday night, and we got to check off what we wanted. So oh, it was ready for us crazy on night. Sunday. That was the crazy night. But typically, you got plain yogurt, a box of Rice Krispies, a little tiny itty-bitty thing of milk. You know, it, nothing too elaborate. So did you ever get caught cheating? Oh, yeah. Tell us about that. What's the best cheating story you got? Well, it'll take a while. But, no, one of them was when uh, I snuck in. Uh, I got Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. That's a good one. And my girlfriend and I had to run into the bathroom, and we couldn't even savor it. We had to shove it down so quickly because our counselor was after us. Were they certainly peanut that on You can smell peanut butter. I know when peanut butter's in the room. Yeah, so did my dog. They run. Yeah. Well, they got peanut butter. That's when the counselor let me smell your breath. You got caught. Oh yeah, we got caught. So what happened if you got caught? Well, they they threat they would threaten to throw you out. And I actually did get thrown out of one camp. And was, I write about it in the book, but that was for different reasons. Oh, but you'll have to read the book. We'll to have find to read out. the book to find that out. That was for so very did you cry? reasons. Did you cry when you got thrown out? Oh yeah, I did. Would you? Did I was you, embarrassed. You were embarrassed. That was yeah. a baddie. Yeah. Bad place. Absolutely. Bad place to go. Yeah. Wow. You know, and then there were all those. I got caught for a lot of things. I had dirt, I had dirty magazines, and I was a little girl. <laughs> well, you want to know how she lost thirty pounds? I'll tell you. But it's adolescence. 
You know, that's what kids do. They're curious like and interested. Why didn't she come sooner? <laughs> you know, on the book tour Take now. the whole show in a different direction. <laughs> I like this conversation. Different They're going to love you tonight at Books and Books. Oh. I want you to know that. You have to go there. Don't forget tonight, Carl Gable's Books and Books, about 8 o'clock? 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Is Stephanie Klein. You've got to meet her because she's very funny, and she's got some good stuff that she's not going to put on the air. And you know what? You're going to have to buy her book to find out the really good stuff. Or check out my website also. It's stephaniekline.com, and it's also available on Amazon. And but I want to talk about your website, your blog for a minute. That's sure. very successful. Yeah, thank That's you. That's what they tell me. William Morrow told was, me that. It was just recently ranked the 26th most powerful blog in the world. Why? Because I'm so honest, <laughs> <laughs> and I put it all out there. And uh, who's coming to your to site? It. A lot of ladies, obviously. A lot of women. A lot of husbands actually come and they say. Well, I found your first book, you know, in my or was been. exactly in my what girlfriend happened? or wife's thing, and and you make me want to be a better husband. Sometimes I get that, but a lot of people just laughing and saying, you know, they come because it's funny. I was recently featured with David Sedaris in USA Today, and that was crazy for me because I love him. So, um, you know, it's just for fun, and and you know, he's gonna love Florida. <laughs> I do love Florida. Yeah. My mother lives here, so. She should be visiting you. She is. She's she's out there. <laughs> oh, she is. Uh -huh. Oh, should have brought her in. Well, she isn't she very proud of you? Yeah. I mean, you Both look, my look what you have. Can you tell us your age or a yeah, year I'm, about? Yeah, I'm 32. You're 32. Let's just get some retrospective on this. Before, at age 32, you have achieved Columbia University. Mm -hmm. Not bad, right? From Columbia, you wound up at YNR. Mm -hmm. You went right to YNR from Columbia. No, I was no. At, I was somewhere else doing internet. You know the internet boom. You broke in somewhere. Exactly. All right, the, the dot com dot com. It's still around. It's United oh, Online it, now. Like oh, it made it. Net Zero. That right. Whole sure, thing. sure, sure. I worked sure. there. That mm -hmm. guy's on TV. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Richie Goldstein or something. Right. I own Net Zero. Exactly. So I'm I worked Jewish there for four years, and then Young and Rubicam. And then he went to YNR, mm -hmm. and I did a lot of work with them because I owned seven magazines before this. I've had oh seven wow. Magazines. Okay. A lot of, yep. they blessed you, the media queens blessed mm -hmm. you. You may have business, you may not. Mm -hmm. You've chose badly. Yeah, I did fun advertising for, you Tough know. business. Yeah. So you clawed your way, you did great in that. I did. And then you start writing? Then I started my blog in 2004. All right, 04, you, you do your blog. Mm -hmm. The blog goes ballistic, does really well. Yeah, word of mouth, it gets around, and uh, lots of people started, uh, I got publishing deals offered for me from London. And I didn't take you, And you're in New York when you're doing I'm a, this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a New Yorker. So great that you're in New York. Yeah. Because this is the center the yeah. center city for all this wonderfulness. Yeah. Okay, so when you start your blog, how old are you? 2004. Oh, God, I don't know. In my... In your 20s. In my 20s. Obviously. I was okay. in my 20s, yeah. Right. You're in your 20s. First book is written and comes out what year? 2005. 2005. You're... Or 2006. Two, Sorry, you're, you're, I, it's hard to remember. You're about 2930. Exactly. You got a book, a bestseller book. You got yes, a great blog. Yes, because my 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 then fiance, now husband, wrote gave me a 30th birthday present. And it said straight up in 30. So I know that I was you know working on straight up in 30 okay. at the time. Gotcha. And now here you have this really good book, Moose, Memoir of Fat Camp, released. You're 32 and you've done all of that. Yep. Where do you go from here? Oh, and I and I was um I photographed red carpet for a long time too at and, night. And you photographed red carpet at night. Which was fun. Which was yeah. terrific. Yeah. What a great. Well, how much great stories doing that? Yeah, lots of fun. So that's another whole book. Mm -hmm. Okay, the red carpet. Mm -hmm. Everyone thinks it's a carpet, magic carpet, right? No, 
was fun being the one female photographer out there, elbowing with, you know, all the male paparazzi, and the women celebrities would come down, and I'd say, ladies, ignore the men. Let's ladies stick together. And they'd laugh, and, they and liked I'd that. get the great picture. And you, best picture you ever took, what do you think? Most fun picture you ever took. Let's, let's do that. It was actually Paris and Nicole Richie, you know, back-to-back. Back. Devil Loves product. You like that one? Oh, I love that. Is that real for you? Well, I wasn't in the magazine. No, I, I understand that, but the the industry taking the pictures, a lot of red carpets. Oh in yeah, there. well that yeah, absolutely that's true. And I actually was in writing class with Lauren, uh, who wrote Devil Wears Prada. So. And you know the director lives here in Coconut Grove, David. Mm, so there you go. This is terrific. That's a great film. I love. So it. here you are, 32. You got all the success. Mhm. Mm and she's a lovely, wonderful person, by the way. And I really Thank hope you. you come and see her tonight. Where do you go from here? Well, I'm writing a young adult book next because I want to write a book that my little kids can read eventually so <laughs> yeah. all right we're going to keep a couple of things out of that one so you're going to do that and you got your show hopefully that'll go into right. production mm -hmm. you see if that get it is it, 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 it's beyond the option phase i guess right they they've hired me to write the pilot so, so you're at the pilot so, phase exactly. and hopefully yeah um I mean, i'm also working on some other things i'm going to be out in la next week so i'll be meeting with some more folks out there on other opportunities that I can't really speak about right now. Well, love you, miss you, mean it. I mean, that's an L.A. thing. <laughs> I know, I know. I used to hear that. Okay, so, and, and, and all that's wonderfulness and happening. So are you going to go see Sex in the City? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going on Sunday to see with my girlfriends in New York City. Have you oh, met no. any of the folks from HBO and Sex in the City? Or were you up at Silver Cup Studios ever when they were shooting? I was up at Silver Cup, but not when they were shooting. Not when they were shooting. I was, I was at a prom. <laughs> I said someone's prom at Silver Cup. <laughs> Studios. We went to the prom. <laughs> I saw it. I did. That's why they weren't there. No. Can you relate to any of those women? Well, you being know, a, a first, single woman. Look, my first book, Straight Up and Dirty, was compared. I've been compared. The New York Times called me the Carrie Bradshaw of New York bloggers. Well, of course, because so, well, so, you know, yes. good sex. So what else am I, I going to say? Yeah, and you know, I think there's also a lot of the reason women relate to that is the heart of it. You know, it's it's not just the fun of it, it's the heart of it. And I think in both my books, I really get down to the heart of it and the emotional stuff that happens and what we all universally feel. So. Evidently, and we're just about out of time, that movie is attracting groups of women buying, not a ticket, groups of tickets, and they're relating to it because it really it's, a, it's like a liberating experience that you can do, you can achieve, you can be, you know, you mm -hmm. can control your own destiny, yep. you can make decisions, yep. and you can do it individually, you can do it as a group, you can have group backup for you. Mm -hmm. I, I, I find that to be great. And you are, you're, you're so good at what you do. And, and it's because I love it. Yes, it's obvious. And you, you're, you're really embracing life and enjoying it. What is so wonderful and, and that people can walk away with is that you took an adversity on your own at a very young age and, and A, turn that with a sense of humor, I guess, because you're a funny lady, yeah. sense of humor, overcame that and achieved. Do you, have you achieved more than you think you would have achieved? Absolutely. There's no question. There's that you no thought you question. would have achieved. Let Absolute, me conjugate there's that There's no correctly. question. And not just, you know, the weight loss. That's that's. Forget the weight. That, that's only that's only yeah, one part. It's, it's here. It's this. It. It's mental. It's it mental. It's coming to terms with 
who you are, who you were, and who you allow yourself to be today. So if you were talking to a group of people, as I'm sure you've done, younger people, mm -hmm. all right, those who are starting their careers or first going into college, mm -hmm. all right? Here's what I'd say. What do you say to them? I'd say it's not about a list of achievements that you want to achieve and making this happen. It's more about forget the list, throw away the list, learn to roll with change as it happens to you. Change is very stressful, and true success in life isn't about what you've achieved. It's really a matter of getting through change with grace and learning with strength and fortitude how to handle things that you weren't expecting to come to you. And if you can master that, you will be a success in life, period, end of story. And that's it. Yeah, that's that it. Sums I mean, it up. live your life with passion and follow your dreams. Stephanie? Stephanie Klein, Books and Books, 8 o'clock tonight, Coral Gables, Aragon Avenue. If you don't go there tonight, you're out of your mind. Go there, and then you can have drinks after that. And free chocolate. And the best chocolate Chocolates. you've had on Aragon Avenue in years. It's so good. Listen, we want to thank we want to <laughs> thank Stephanie for coming today and being on the Rich Rothman Show. And thank I want to you thank, for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. You come back anytime you want to be here, but thank bring the chocolate next time. Okay. <laughs> Wanda, you have a great time in Baltimore this Yay. weekend. we got to get to the I'm airport, lovely. and i got to get her to the airport, so I want to thank all of you for listening. Don't drive off the road. Be careful. Be safe. See you next week. Love you all. Bye. We'll be back next week, Thursday and Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. For more of the good. I'll be wherever you want me to be. The bad. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. The business. Why can't I worship the Lord in my own way? This is the Rich Rothman Show. I'm praying like hell on my deathbed. On 1360 WKAT.